Uh, I want you to stand to your feet once again, if you would, please, for just a moment. We're going to read the scripture this morning. And uh, I think this is very timely for us. I, I guess I left them on my desk. I don't know. I don't see them anywhere. Uh, it's a bit warm up here today. The thermostat's not working. There's no air movement. The, sun, the lights, which act like the sun, are very warm. We're going to make our way through it today. God is still in charge. He's still worthy of all of our praise and glory. Amen. I want us to look at Isaiah, the 60th chapter, verse 18. Verse 18. I wonder if somebody could go back and check and see if he went to get them. Awesome. That's great. I'll read this scripture. I know where I start. <laughs> I just don't know where I go after this. This is a word through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is like a mini Bible. Uh, 66 chapters or 66 cha uh, books in the Bible. Uh, it, it has so much concerning Israel, so much concerning the Messiah, uh, his birth, all the things, the prophetic things about when he would be born and all the things like that to whom he would be born. But there's a, a verse that comes to my mind here, and uh, I, I'll just read it real quick, and then you can sit down. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Oh, you are a welcome person. <laughs> Blessed are the feet of them that bring good news. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Wouldn't you like to see that in the newspaper? right and think of what a comfort that must be to people who go through what they've gone through to hear that there is a promise that violence will no longer be heard in your land neither wasting nor destruction within your borders everybody say borders how many of you know borders are important <laughs> but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. You're going to call your walls salvation, Israel. You're going to call your gates praise. There's coming a time where there will no longer be violence. There's coming a time when there will no longer be waste or destruction. And the salvation that embodies you it will be your walls, and the gates will be that of praise. Father, let your anointing rest upon this word that, that you want me to convey today. May we receive it and apply it to what it is within our life. Let us bring it into our situation, our circumstances, and our personal life. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Amen. Sharon, good to see you this morning. Bless you. This morning, I, I want to title this message. Uh, just, It's kind of a simple thing, two things I want to look at is walls of salvation and gates of praise. Walls of salvation and gates of praise. I believe this is representative of obviously what the prophetic word through Isaiah was to God's chosen, his people, Israel. I also think it applies to us. If we will take it and learn what comes from it, I believe it's going to help you out as well. Are you, are you talking, you know what I'm talking about? So within the walls of salvation, within the gates of praises where they live, how many of you know God wants to get a word to you where you live? Right? 
where you're living, where you're at, and he knows where you're at. So this past week, I've been going through some thoughts in my mind concerning, which everyone has, all the, you know, we began a few weeks ago doing a little mini-series on the coming of the Lord, and I believe he's coming. I believe he's coming soon. Some people will ask, what does all this war that's going on over there, where is that fit into the end time? Is this a sign? Uh, let me tell you something. Anytime Israel is involved in something, it's a sign. Okay. You can be sure of that. And where is that, uh, where is that road marker? I don't know. If you're driving down the, I remember years ago, driving down 55, uh, my brother and sister-in-law and niece lived in Sykeston, Missouri. And uh, anyway, heading down 55 south, it would start probably 60 miles out, 60 miles to the home of the throat rolls. You know, you know what I'm talking about? 25 miles to the home of the throat rolls, Lambert's, you know. And man, I'm, I'm telling you what, all the previous signs made you, you had to stop there if, even if you didn't want to. Uh, we used to take the kids to Hamilton, Alabama, down to the ramp where Karen Wheaton is at. And there's probably other routes, but I always made sure we left to time to get to Sykeston just before they opened, you know. <laughs> Had to stop at, at Lambert's. But there are a lot of uh, markers on the way, and we see that God's given us markers according to the end of time. We read a few of those uh, of how he said these things will take place, but this is the beginning. This is not the end yet. These are the beginning of sorrows. We spoke about that a few weeks. But anyway, like everybody else, you kind of look and wonder where things are at and what is all taking place and wanting to know how it fits in, in Bible prophecy. And for some reason or another, I was drawn to, I, I guess, thinking about that along with what I feel like we as a church are going through. We, I think that we're going through a rebuild. I think we're going through a rebuild. I think that there's been some things. And, and so I, I looked at Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, if you know the book of Nehemiah, uh, he was a cupbearer to the king in Babylon. Now, how many of you know that God told the children of Israel through Jeremiah, he said, bless the the leadership, bless the city wherever you've been called, even if you're a prisoner there. Bless it, because in that blessing that they receive, you will be blessed. That's, that's an important, how many of you know it's a, we're supposed to bless? I know Judy and Beth, I don't know, how, how many went out yesterday to bless the city? Had it? Yeah. So, and, and it doesn't matter how many, it was a thing of Proverbs 11, 11 says that uh, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. It doesn't, it doesn't get better because people complain, right? By the blessing, not of the world, but the blessing of the upright. Things may be bad, they may be falling apart, but the blessing that we have the people of God, the blessing is what turns things around. Amen. Are you with me? And so I think that we're going through a season of rebuilding. I was looking at Nehemiah, and Nehemiah was this cupbearer, uh, and that's a high position. When the king trusts you, it wasn't just that he was his servant to come over and hand him some wine or anything like that. He had to taste the wine to make sure that the king wouldn't get, it wasn't poisoned. 
Are you with me? So he put himself on the line for a king that he didn't, that wasn't even a Jew. He put himself on the line. He served that office. And somebody came back and they told Nehemiah, you remember, now they've been dispersed all over the place. They've been scattered here and there because of their disobedience to God. Because God warned them. He says, if you do that, you're going to get scattered. It's going to happen. And sure enough, they were. And so anyway, somebody came back and uh, they talked to Nehemiah and said, man, have you, see, have you heard about what's going on in Jerusalem? He said, what? I, I, I've just kind of been here doing my thing. He said, man, you got to check it out. So Nehemiah goes to the king, asks for permission to go over there and assess what took place in his homeland. He had, he had something inside of him that wouldn't let go. Now he's, he's living in a palace, got a good cush job but he has a heart's cry for his homeland. So he goes there and he checks it out and finds that he says that the walls were broken down and the gates that they used to see, the, the gates were burned, broken and burned. And I won't go into the complete story of that, but that was just what was burning within me and it all just kind of set together. I was thinking about Israel and all that they've been through throughout the time and people have come in and invaded them, broken down the walls, burned the gates, scattered them here and scattered them there. And in the midst of it all, they have stood. They've stood. Are you with me? And that word that God spoke through Isaiah, your walls are going to be called salvation. And your gates are going to be called praise. I just kept thinking about that. And, and then the, 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 the scripture, and I'm going to read this entirely to you. This wasn't really where I wanted to go, but it lay, it, it's the backdrop of what I want to say to you in just a quick bit. But Psalm 122. Remember I told you about the Psalms of Ascent. There were 15 of them because there were stairs leading up to uh, the temple, and each one of them re represented, and when they'd come from their homeland to, the, to Jerusalem, the feast days, they would take one of the psalms, and they would use that one. That was their song. They sang along the way, right? Are you with me? So they got to the th third one there, the third psalm, uh, Psalm 122. And I was thinking about this people that have been broken and persecuted, scattered, Discuss, just, you know, they've been despised and rejected. And this is what was in their heart whenever they came to Jerusalem. And this is what they said. They were singing this. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. A people that's been despised and rejected and just condemned, wanted to be driven off and done away with, and they, were, they still had this attitude when it came to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Oh, our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. And then he says, Jerusalem is a city that is compact together where the tribes uh, go up the tribes of the Lord they go to the testimony 
of Israel. They, this was the testimony of Israel. Are you listening? Where they're going. This is the testimony of Israel. That God is faithful and he's called us. He's going he's to bring us to a place of peace one day. And he said, to, when we go there to give thanks to the name of the Lord, because thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And then it turns and it tells everybody as a reminder, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And may they prosper who love you. I want you, I want you to notice this. There is a built-in blessing when you get something in your heart for Israel. This is what they're saying. They're not just saying, bless us. Bless everybody who loves Israel. Everybody who will pray for Israel. There's a blessing that is, that is released from the heavens of God to the people of God. And I believe that's why we see a greater turn now in the last several decades that God is bringing a blessing to the church because they bless Israel and they pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And it says, may they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity uh, within your palaces. And for the sake of my brethren and the companions, I will now say, this is the leader of the Psalms, he says, for the sake of all the brethren, I'm going to say, peace within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Because of the house of the Lord, I'm going to seek the good of Israel. Are, are you, I don't know if that's getting you or not. <laughs> I, I guess I forgot to move to the next scripture there. And so anyway, just real briefly, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time, and I have in many years past, talked about correlations here. Like I said, this is not really the intent of where I wanted to, to take you, but I have to do this as a, as a, to lay out the backdrop. The situation that we're having today in this world, and we see people rising up and protesting and coming against the people of Israel, the people of God, because they want it to end, they're wanting peace, come on, why don't you just give them the land and be done with it? People are dying. How can you be so cruel? And now those who have been viciously and violently attacked are now the culprits of this whole thing. It's flipped around. That's, that's the, the popular opinion. And the thing is, it's never been about land at all. It's not really about land. It is about land, but that's not the essence of it. But this whole land for peace situation is not new either. But I want to show you just real quickly Genesis. In the book of Genesis, remember when Abraham, the 11th chapter, he's with his family in the Ur of the Chaldees, and God calls him out. He says, I want you to go here from this place, and I will take you to a land there in the 12th chapter to a place that I'm going to show you. You haven't seen it. I've got some real estate. I want to take you there. And when you get there, you are going to be blessed. That place is blessed. I will bless you there. In fact, I'm going to bless everybody who blesses you who, when, while you're there. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
It's going to be a land of blessing. And then he goes on and he lays out, once he gets there, he starts looking out over the place and he says, as far as you can see, this way, that way, and he starts laying it out there. A couple of chapters later, he begin, God tells him what the boundaries and the borders are. Are you with me? In other words, you don't have to go to the county or the state maps and plats to find out where Israel, true Israel is. In fact, the Israel that is now is not the complete Israel that was spoken. All right? So in other words, God says, we're going to open up the books here today, and I'm going to show you the boundaries of maps and plats and where everything, all the borders and all the boundaries are. Now, when we you know, do something on this property, we have to find out what is our legal property. If somebody else wants to do something around us, they have to find out what it is. They've got pins there, and it tells, you know, this way, and the latitude, and the degrees, and all this kind of stuff, and lays out the boundary there of our property. But God wrote it in the maps and plats of his holy word what the boundaries were going to be. And it has not changed. They've been driven out of that place, and because they were thrown out of there, people think it's just a piece of real estate, but it is not. God gave to Abraham and to his descendants the title and deed. Are you with me? And therefore, if he has the title and he has the deed, no one else is listed on the title, which means they are not entitled. Whoa. This is pretty deep today, isn't it? I didn't necessarily mean for it to go that deep. But we find that there are consequences when somebody starts messing with the boundaries that God says, uh-uh-uh-uh, this is my property, and these are my people, and this is where they live. Don't mess with me, God says. Bill Koenig uh, course uh, White House correspondent back a number of years ago maybe 10 years ago maybe a little longer than that began to see patterns and he looked at when there was land for peace talks and the things that happened there were consequences I, I want to give you just a few of them today and uh, dating back to October the 30th of 1991 I remember where you were that day anyway President George Bush Sr. is opening the Madrid Conference to consider land for peace in Israel's Middle East uh, role. And then all of a sudden, the perfect storm develops in the North Atlantic, creating the largest waves ever recorded in that region. The storm travels 1,000 miles from east to west instead of going from west to east pattern, and it crashes into the New England coast, 35-foot waves, crashed into Kinney Bunkport, the home of President Bush. Another year later, in August 23 of 1992, the Madrid Conference moved to uh, Washington, D.C. The peaks talked had resumed, and Hurricane Andrew, the worst national disaster to ever hit America, comes to the shore, uh, ashore producing an estimated $30 billion in damage, leaving 108,000 homeless in Florida. This moved to, to uh, a year and a half later. January the 16th, 1994, President Bill Clinton meets with Syria's presidents uh, uh, Hafez al-Assad in Geneva and they talk about a peace agreement with Israel that includes giving up the Golan Heights 
Within 24 hours, a powerful 6.9 Richter scale earthquake rocked Southern California. It's interesting how these, January the 21st of 1998, Israel Prime, uh, Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu meets with President Clinton at the White House and is coldly received. Clinton and the Secretary of State Madeleine Albright refused to have lunch with him, and shortly afterwards on that day, Monica Lewinsky scandal breaks into the mass media and begins to occupy a major portion of Clinton's time. Later that year, <laughs> September 28, 1998, Secretary of State Albright works on the final details of an agreement in which Israel would give up 13% of Judea and Samaria and Hurricane George, with winds of 110 miles an hour gusting up to 175, slam into the United States Gulf Coast. Clinton meets with Arafat Netanyahu at the White House to finalize this land deal. Later, Arafat addresses the United Nations about declaring Israel, uh, Palestine a state by May of 1999, and Hurricane George pounds on the Gulf Coast, doing a billion dollars of, uh, of damage. Ne the next month, October three weeks later, October 15th through the 22nd of 1998, there was a similar thing that took place. They're meeting together in Plantation of Mary Maryville, and on October the 17th, awesome rains and tornadoes hit southern Texas. The rain and flooding in Texas continued till October 22nd, then subside. The flood floods averaged 25% of Texas, leave over a billion dollars in damage. On October 21st, Clinton declares this section of Texas a major disaster. The next month, November 30th, they just won't quit. November 30th, 1998, Arafat comes to Washington again to meet with President Clinton to raise money for a Palestinian state with Jerusalem as the capital. capital. A total of 40 other 42 other nations were represented in Washington and all agreed to give Arafat $3 billion in aid. Clinton promised $400 million and the European nations $1.7 billion. On the same day, the Dow Jones dropped 219 points. Seeing a pattern? December, the next month, December 12, 1998, Clinton lands in the Palestinian-controlled section of Israel to discuss land for peace process. The House of Representatives vote four articles of impeachment. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, let's, I'll, I'll just give you a couple more here. There's some more. Uh, in fact, Katrina, uh, the similarities that took place uh, between Katrina, it all happens around this time for land uh, for peace, all these talks that were taking place. I won't give you any more. I'm just saying that it's amazing how every time we get involved in something like that, uh, maybe, maybe it was true when God said, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And we open up ourselves to curses and so forth. So we see that God has a, has a, a great, uh, he watches over Israel. He says he's the, the apple of my eye, right? Now, why am I telling you that? Well, it's part of the message. But the thing is, we should be more concerned and pray for the peace of Israel. All right? And note that it's not going to end, and they don't want just the land. They want to wipe out. It's been written. They've stated in there. Hamas wants to rid the world of any Jewish person. Are you with me? I want to get rid of them. And that's what we're up against. Now, let's just bring that to where we are today. Uh, 
Isaiah 66, verses 8 through 11. I didn't, I didn't place, I, I didn't put that on a slide, but I just got it a while ago. Uh, Isaiah, in this last chapter of, the, of his book that he's recorded these prophecies, he records something that's really interesting. And he said, who has heard such a thing and who has seen such things? Shall the earth uh, be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? He's throwing this question out there. How can this be? How can all of a sudden birth and a nation rising up in one day? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. And God says, shall I bring bring to the time of birth and not cause it to happen? Or delivery? Shall I cause uh, delivery? Shall I cause... Shall I who caused the delivery shut up the wound, says God. And then he says, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All you who love her, rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her, that you may feed and be satisfied. Listen to me, there is a great blessing to blessing Israel and Jerusalem. And you wonder about this whole thing about can a nation be born in a day? Yes. May the 14th, 1948. Are you with me? Born in a day. It happened 75 years ago. Out of nowhere. They're a nation. They were a people, but they were scattered. But they became a nation overnight. Just that's that's the way it was. Says with with the consolation of her bosom that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of glory. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. There is a great blessing to blessing Jerusalem and praying for its peace. To lift up those leaders in prayer, it's important for us to pray for our leaders that we always stay on the side of the blessing of God for Israel, right? May we always stay away because we don't want to get harmed in the midst of it. Now, the word glad, uh, the word glad, I want to use this word, says, is the word samak. And it means merry, joyful, gleesome, a pleasure to brighten or to cheer up. When you see in the scripture the Hebrew word to be glad, as when they said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Can you imagine these people who have been beaten down, burdened, oppressed, hostage, driven out, rejected, ridiculed, when they get to that place, I was glad. There's something about the house of the Lord that makes me glad. I was glad when they said unto that, to, uh, uh, to, to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Gladness. Everybody say gladness. How many of you know that we've lost the gladness? And we're, we're out of Israel now. Let's just talk about us. The church has lost its gladness. We've replaced it for duty, obligation, responsibility, or do good and all that, make a show, do this kind of a thing. But have we really got the gladness that says, man, I'm glad to be in the house of God today. No place I'd rather be than in the presence of the Lord and his family. Amen. I was glad. Back to the original scripture says, you're going to call your walls 
salvation and your gates are going to be called praise. When he said the walls are of salvation, it's actually, you're not going to believe what salvation the word is. Yeshua. Your walls are going to be Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about Yeshua. <laughs> You're going to call. Oh, when we get to the place where we call our salvation nothing more than Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And there's a wall of Jesus around about us. There's a wall of protection. There's a wall of defense. A wall of fire. A bloodline that's around those who have given Jesus their heart. Amen. The walls are salvation. They're Jesus. It means your walls are going to be deliverance. Your walls are going to be victory. Your walls are going to be health. Your walls are going to be prosperity. Your walls are going to be defense. Your walls are going to be uh, a, a place to be defended or a safe place around your walls. Now, if you haven't given your heart to Jesus, you need to do so because you're without a defense. But if you've given your heart to Jesus... You got a wall of fire around about you. <laughs> Come on, give him praise. And if we could just understand the way the Jews look at that and the type of thing of what has happened for us spiritually, would it change our behavior? Would it add a little bit of gladness? Would it cause us to be merry? Would it cause our countenance to be brightened or cheered up? Would we walk into the pleasure of serving God? Are you listening? I don't know. You haven't convinced me yet. Okay. Okay. Psalm, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to move right through this. Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, who is mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory. They're repeating that again. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? And then everybody would respond. The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah! What do you think about that? Amen. Lift up your heads and be ye left, lifted up everlasting doors. Lift up your gates. It tells me that when I begin to lift up the gate, somebody comes into my situation. <laughs> All right? There's somebody dwelling inside the walls and gates with me. Amen? Somebody's in the midst of my situation, in my problems, in my bad news, in my whatever is happening or whatever is taking place. There's somebody who's living inside of there with you. If you learn to lift up your heads, gates, the gates are praise. Do you follow what I'm saying today? Gates give access. Whatever we lift up our gates or open our doors to is what has access to our life. Amen? 
So if we want the king of glory in our situation, stop talking about the adversary at the gate. Come on, the king of glory wants to come into your midst. I don't care what kind of bad news you got, what kind of report you got, whatever the prognosis is. The king of glory wants to come inside there. And it can only come in through praise. Your, your gates are as important as your walls of salvation. You're saved, but what are you allowing inside? Your defense is only as strong as what you allow the door to be open to. Whoa, I think that's pretty good. The king of glory wants to come in. Let me look at this one. Psalm 22.3. You are holy, O God, who is enthroned in the praises of Israel. You're holy. There is somebody that wants to come into the midst of your situation who is nothing more than holy. There is none like him. He's set apart. There will never be another like him. He is alone, the one true God. His name is uh, Jehovah God. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah. He's, he's Jehovah. Are you with me? And he sits on the throne in the midst of praise. We form a throne so that he has a place to sit and rule. The judgments that we said. For in there is your thrones for judgment. The gates of uh, the thrones of David. When God is on the throne, he executes judgment from within inside of you. <laughs> Amen. Enthroned, seated within and upon our praise. We not only have a protection from without, like the walls, but we got a protect, protection from within. You know, you ever go to those houses and on the door it says, beware of dog inside, you know what I'm saying? Or beware of person without coffee or what, you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't you like to just post on the gate of your life and say, you don't want to mess with today. Uh-uh. You don't want to mess with the guy that's in here with me. Yeah. Yeah, he came to live with me. He's my roommate. Uh-huh. Amen? You got protection from within. Is this okay this morning? If I've done enough to mess you up? Confuse you? I know somebody's still stuck on the, what is the violence in the land still tying it? In other words, you're not going to have violence. You're not going to have this stuff because you've got the salvation of the Lord surrounding you and you're not going to let anything have access into your life that isn't praise. Amen? Look at this. Praise is not passive. Can you, can you all read that to me? Tell me that? Because I need to know that sometimes. Tell me. Go ahead and read that for me. Point your finger at me and say, Praise is not passive, preacher. Because I go through things too. And I got to be reminded. And sometimes you got to have a hard talk. If I get to mully grubbing, you just say, it's not passive, preacher. Amen. Praise is not passive. Praise is, is aggressive. Right? Advance. Praise is about moving forward. Listen to me. Oh. <laughs> Psalm 118, 24. I'm trying to hurry as I continue to close this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it every day that you get is not a day that's that you know well 
this God made that day and Satan made that day. No, every day was made by God. He is the creator of everything. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the day, the night, and whatever day it falls upon, it's the day that he's made. So let's rejoice and be merry and glad. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? It, today is the day. Today. Today is. Today. Not just Sunday, but Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. We ought to be more thankful on Sunday. But anyway, <laughs> I, I can't understand why some people want to be passive with their praise. It doesn't do anything. Praise is, is like a, a shield that goes out there. Rejoice and be glad. Be merry, joyful, cheerful. Be expressive. Praise steps out of the norm. Praise steps out of what you want to hide behind and say, well, I'm just an introvert. No, you aren't. I got something. I know something will stir you up. Right? Hmm. Look at this. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know this. He is God. And it's he who made us and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever, is everlasting, and it endures to all generations. He made every day. That was the day that he had made when he wrote that song there. But today is still the day and his mercy is still as good and everlasting to every generation. You, if you live to be a hundred, you will never find a day that he didn't made or the day that his mercy doesn't endure and a day that he is not worthy of praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. Never reach that day. Are you with me? And I looked at the, these passive things in this verse. Passives like, shout! <laughs> right? Shout to the Lord. Make a joyful shout. Well, I'm just not called to that. I'd shout if seven more people would shout, I would shout. Well, if the pastor would just lead us in a shout, I'd, I'd shout. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Come on, do that. Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness. Yeah. Hallelujah. Merry, expressive, joyful. Amen. Serving with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. That may be true. That's not what he said. He didn't say it if you can carry a tune in a button. Well, you may not want to be on the platform, or we may not want you on the platform. <laughs> but you sing. There's something about when they said, I was glad, when they said to me, let's go to the house of God, because when we get together, we are, ah, we're just praising God, we're shouting, we're singing such joy you've never heard before. When God's people get together, you can't get this on the internet. It don't happen. 
There's something about being in God's presence with his people that causes something else to happen. You know, I've never... Don't let me compare with sports. Oh, my goodness. People, it's, it's amazing. I've seen... I've been to concerts, rock concerts. Lord, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I know that Leonard Skinner concert and all that, you know, 38 special. And <laughs> but it's amazing. I've been to concerts before and people are just acting crazy. And you kind of talk to them, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a neurosurgeon. And they're going crazy. You know what I mean? It's amazing what cause our get out of our element, you know. Amen. We step out of it. Singing, thanksgiving, praise, thankful, blessings. That's how we need to enter the house of God. Yeah, That's the way it ought to be when we get in, and it should be twice as much when we go out. Yes, Are you with me? Yes. Hallelujah. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 3. Oh, come on. That's what he's saying. Come on. Come on. Sopranos, altos, tenors, basses. Boys, girls, moms, dads, grandpas, grandpas. Little kids. Come on. Come on. Let's sing to the Lord. Right? It's not, it's not a concert. It's not a spectator. It's let's sing to the Lord. Hey, 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 hey. Let's, let's shout joyfully to God. Let's do that. That's what that scripture says. Let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. On the way that I thank you, God, for this day. You have given me another day. I woke up this morning. I opened my eyes. I have breath. I had some coffee today. I'm on my way to the house of God. And I can't wait till I get there. I got good people waiting for me at the door. I loved, oh, there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that I'm within the gates today. I'm glad that I'm in the midst of salvation. And I, I have a gate today that I will not allow the enemy to get inside of my life through that gate. Wow. Shout joyfully to him. Come before his presence with salvation, or uh, his presence with thanksgiving, and shout joyfully. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above every God. Amen. Every God. Amen. In Jonathan Kahn's thing, when he talks about the return of the gods and the people that did the things that they did, sacrificing babies to the gods and they went all out they were not passive in their worship and their service to their foreign god that can't do a thing but yet we sit back and we think well I just don't want to you know i wonder if that's why some people say did you get baptized with lemon juice or what you know what i mean so we some of us just don't have enough joy that any anybody why would i want to be a christian are you with me there ought to be something about our life that's appealing to somebody that says, I want some of that. Give me some of that Jesus. <laughs> well, let me tell you about my Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you about the one who set me free. Let me tell you about Jireh, who has more than enough, who can do anything. The God who's just like the God of Mary, who can do the impossible. That's the Jesus I serve. That's the salvation. That's, a, that's Yeshua that covers us today. And the gates are going to declare what our salvation is about. Ah, I like this message. <laughs> and I need it sometimes. There have been times when I've sat around 
Oh, I have. I, mean, I, don't, I know you don't think that's like blowing you away or anything like that, but believe me, I've been through things just like you. And I have to get myself back to, I remember I wrote a song 40 plus years ago. It's times like these when things go wrong and find me weakest, he is strong. The days seem short, the nights seem long, yet in my heart I sing this song. You're worthy of my praise even when the road seems rough, where the sky turns dark and the cold winds blow. I can't praise you, Lord, enough. You're worthy of my praise and my song for you will be praised for what you did for me at Calvary. Though the circumstances may govern me, they don't affect your deity. Though the earth be cast into an endless sea, my soul cries out uh, in praise to thee. You're worthy of my praise. Sometimes you just got to get to that place of saying, I'm going I'm to shut the door. I'm, I'm not going to let the gates open up to anything else. And I'm closing this gate to the fact that he's worthy no matter what happens. He's worthy of praise. We had a, when I was in Arkansas, is this okay if I'm going along? We had a gentleman in Arkansas, very, very, uh, very wonderful man, uh, very knowledgeable as a doctor at the university. But if you were to sit in on the service, we, if there were 500 people there that day, 499 could be running around shouting, jumping, clapping, doing whatever. But he would be like this, stoic, no expression. Wonderful guy. You talk to him afterwards, you, and you want to go up there and say, what's wrong? Did I have, you know, what, what's taking place? We got in a conversation one day. Wrong move. <laughs> wrong move. And I just kind of asked him, man, you've been in church all your life, raised up there, founding member of this church. People are getting happy and healed. And What's up? I just don't get into that emotional stuff. I said, excuse me? He said, I just don't. Our relationship is not an emotional relationship with God. I said, oh, really? I said, by what do you mean emotions? He said, all these expressions that people are doing, that's emotionalism. It's hype. And I said, well, you're getting emotional right now. And he said, what? I said, well, I can see it. Your face is getting red. He got a vein coming up here, and he got more and more emotional as we talked. And I said, you're expressing your emotions very well right now. I can read them. Your emotions of being angry, sitting there, standing there, whatever, doing that is an emotion. You're passing along the emotion of, I'm not going to do this. You know, well, anyway, so... I thought about it, and I said, well, whatever, whatever. And I just looked at him, and I said, well, you just better get used to it. Amen. Might as well get used to it. That afternoon, I went home from church, got my keyboard, and I wrote down, I played something, I wrote down, you better get used to it. You better get used to it. Because there will be singing and shouting and dancing all around God's throne. You better get used to it. You better get used to it. There will be a whole lot of celebrating going on. 
I know there may be those of us who say it's just emotional and we're not supposed to carry on this way. But I can't hold the excitement when I think of the enlightenment because he turned my, light, my darkest night into a day. And I just can't comprehend it how some can be offended when we praise the Lord the way he told us to. But if you're one of those brethren that plan to go to heaven, then this ought to come as no surprise to you. You better get used to it. You better get used to it. Because there's going to be some singing, shouting, dancing all around God's throne. You better get used to it. You better get used to it. There'll be a whole lot of celebrating going on. When I sang it the next week, I dedicated it to... You know, just... They never took us out to eat anymore. But anyway, <laughs> then I came up with a third and fourth verse. Well, just think about the throne of God with all God's children gathered round and a mighty sounding thunderous praise begins. And standing there before us is an angel band and chorus with all the blood-bought children joining in. Hallelujah. And we'll turn our eyes toward Jesus, the one whose blood redeemed us. So practice praising God around the clock. Because standing right beside us just might be Paul and Silas doing the song they sang the night the jailhouse rocked. Amen. Amen? You better get used to it. There'll be those with blind eyes looking around, deaf ears hearing sound, those set free that once were bound, once lost but now are found, and I'm sure they'll come unwound <laughs> when they receive a robe and a crown. Those who gravity can't hold down. And in the rapture, they left the ground. You might as well get used to it. You might as well get used to it. Amen? <laughs> I had to end it like that too. Anyway, I don't know where I'm at with these notes. Anyway, we might as well get used to it. We might as well practice it. Amen? So let me go back. Our gates are praise. Our gates are praise. Now, if you scroll to the end of the book, the last chapter, 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 21, it says this. The 12 gates, when John saw these gates, were 12 pearls. Everybody say 12 pearls. 12 gates, 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. That's a big pearl. You hear people talking about, well, I made it through the pearly gates. And the street of the city was pure gold, like unto transparent gold. So when I, when I think about this, the gates are pearl. You all know the story about a pearl, don't you? You know the story of pearls? You know, diamonds come from pressure and cold. It's had pressure years. Pearls are formed through irritation in an oyster or a mussel. Some kind of foreign object or substance, sometimes they say it could be sand, but it gets inside of there and causes an irritation. Have you ever had something in your eye before? So irritable, you can't stand it. And the thing is, what happens is when something that is foreign... <laughs> When the devil tries to put something foreign inside your gate, the oyster has a natural response. And it starts forming calcium and saliva, forming together, and it forms a layer. 
And the layer keeps going, and it keeps on going. In other words, the response is, you might be in here, but you're not going to get me. In fact, you're not going to leave this way, the house the same way you came in. It coats it with a layer upon layer, and it becomes a protective barrier to that irritable thing that caused it to begin with. And that's the story of a pearl. I believe that what we see here is there's 12 <laughs> gates, one pearl, and what we see is there's a whole lot of people that got to that place and they endured some things. But they didn't give up the praise. And everything the enemy threw at them, every bit of pain, <laughs> it just started forming a coat. You see, there ain't no praise <laughs> like somebody who's going through something at that moment. There's no praise that God is not moved by when he knows what you're facing and what's taking place. The hurt, the, ha the things that have been thrown unto you. Do you know that whenever he sees what his children Israel have gone through, but when they start to praise him, that's why he says, I'm seated in that praise. Are you with me? When you go through the pain, there's no, no praise. It, they say that it takes about three years for that pearl to be formed. About three years. How many of you know that's a long trial? It's a long trial. But it, you don't give up. Just keep forming that layer. And before long, it starts feeling good. <laughs> Once the irritation is gone, oh, buddy. There ain't nothing like somebody who's been through something. Ain't nothing like it. And you wonder, where do you get your joy? Where do you get that jewel? Oh, man, that's come through years and years and years of irritation. <laughs> oh, and we always find the irritation. I don't want to go to church because I get so irritated at those people. <laughs> I get irritated at that preacher. <laughs> I get irritated at people who think that they're better than me. All this stuff. All that irritation, if you just turn it into praise. God gives you an opportunity to form a coat around there, a response that will bring forth a beautiful jewel in time. It takes, you might be going through pain, it takes patience and perseverance. You know, the pearl is unseen by anybody else. Nobody knows it till they, they harvest the pearls, till they harvest the oysters and get inside of there. There's stuff inside of you that nobody knows but you and the Lord. There's stuff going on inside of you, and they may wonder where you're getting that, what you're doing, all that stuff. You don't know what I've been through, and because you don't know what I've been through, you don't know what's going on inside of me. God is making a great pearl right now inside of me. And I believe he's saying to harvest, you've gone through some stuff before, but you've kept the patience. You've stayed the course. You said God's not going to fail us. He, we will endure. He said we would. We're going to. And we pursue and persevere through all that. And there's a pearl. I believe that's getting formed. We're in a rebuilding state right now. There's a pearl of praise that's coming over this house that we've never seen or thought of or dreamed of. Can you say amen? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Whoa. <laughs> oh. 
You, you remember what he said? If you'll just praise him, he said, there'll be peace within your borders and prosperity. You see, in the midst of our praise, inside that gate, we're going to have peace to make it through the patient times. We're going to have prosperity for what we've persevered. May they prosper who love you. May they prosper. And that, 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 that your praise then becomes a protection that the enemy says, don't mess with them. All they're going to do is turn out pearls. Are you with me? Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Last thing Paul says, can we, can we sing that? Can we, can we still sing a song, Tess? Can we, get, can we do that? I know I'm way over time today. Way over time. Paul says this. He's got a sandwich right here. This is the will of God sandwich. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything, give thanks. Let your prayers have a slice of bread. Mm. I can smell that Lambert's now. Amen. On one side is the rejoicing. On the other side, we've got, we've got uh, giving thanks. And in the middle of it is our prayers. When you pray with thanksgiving, God hears your prayers and he answers your prayers. And it, it's sandwiched. Your prayer, your, the prayers that you're praying might be out of desperation, but it's coated with rejoicing and, and, and giving thanks. It, it's like a, man, it, it, are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, God, you know, it might be a, a distressful call. God, I'm praying over this right now, but you are worthy of my praise. You make it all good. It's so good I can get through this prayer because I know I give you thanks that I'm not going to stay where I'm at, and there's going to be a pearl coming forth in Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise this morning. I, I want us to come down. We're going to have communion right now. Real quickly, can we have some guys that stand out here, take communion, stand out here, and, and, and wait till we all get it, and we're going to receive it, and then we're going to sing a song. Hallelujah. And we're going to shout joyfully. And we're going to clap our hands. Yes. I forgot to bring up the dance scripture. <laughs> it says, praise him in the dance. Amen. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him on the harp. Praise him. Praise him. Praise, praise him. Amen. Who's ready for a praise break? Amen. Glory to God. No more passivity. Better get used to it. Hallelujah. So just get that. Take it. Stay right there. We're going to receive communion like you've never received it before. I want you to understand, sometimes we think communion is a very solemn thing, and it is. I'm not d taking away from that. But do you realize what he paid <laughs> for this? And the Bible says, with joy, <laughs> with joy, he gave them that, that cup that was about to represent his body being beaten and crucified and his blood being shed. But with joy, for the joy of the cross, he endured it. He endured the, the cross for the joy that was set before him. In other words, he knew a big pearl was coming out of this. Hallelujah. So when we remember his body and his blood, it, 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 this is like the soothing thing that comes over us because his victory 
has been given unto us today. Thank God for his mercy that endures forever. Is anybody grateful for his mercy today? Is there anybody? Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, if you really are, express it. Just go ahead. Just become an inhib uninhibited. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise the precious name of Jesus. Mm. Wow. I had no idea where this was really going, but God, you exceeded my, my thoughts today. Somebody's going to need this. Somebody's going to need this. What you're taking right now is going to sustain you because you're going to praise God for what he did for you. Praise that he broke his body for your healing. Praise that he gave his blood for a wall of protection around you. And, and uh, man, I love it. I love it. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. So Jesus said, this body, or this bread is my body which has been broken for you. Take it. Uh, in remembrance of me and then he told them after that he gave them the cup and he said this cup is my blood the sacrifice a new covenant that I give to you Paul says that we're supposed to take this and receive it examine ourselves and say God is there anything in me that I shouldn't be doing this I, I repent of that right now Father and I thank you for the mercy that endures right now to forgive me of my sins to cleanse me from unrighteousness to put within me a new heart I don't put a breach in my wall of salvation and I do not put uh, I, I, I don't leave the door unlatched for the enemy to come in I praise you right now thank you God thank you God right now and then he says, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're showing the Lord's death until his return. Yes. He is coming. He is coming. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this bread that represents your body. Totally broken. The body that became flesh for us. That was bruised and broken so that we would receive healing and deliverance and victory. We receive it right now. May the benefits and everything that was appropriated in that, may it be applied to our body. May it digest within us right now in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the bread. And Lord Jesus, we thank you now for this cup. Thank you for this cup that represents your blood that speaks louder <laughs> and better things. Better things than bulls and goats. Better things than the sacrifice. This blood speaks victory and deliverance, freedom, joy unspeakable and full of glory. This blood speaks gladness. This blood speaks that the sacrifice was accepted. This blood speaks that we are totally free by the power of Jesus. And we receive this as through the access of our gates today, for through our mouth, we receive this blood. And we thank you, Lord, that the blood is applied to the doorposts of our hearts and our mouths today. As we receive it, let it become a part of us. In Jesus' name, let's partake of it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift a shout unto the God. Lift a shout unto the Lord our God. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, that your praise goes with us today. Praise is indwelt within us, and we keep our mouths closed to the enemy, and we allow praise to be on our lips, and we know that our praise causes the enemy to be repelled. What draws you inside moves the enemy outside, and I thank you today. Hallelujah. Be with every person as they go from their, uh, today to their places, their homes, their, whatever they've got going this week. May they be blessed and may they recognize the need to praise and may they tell about Jesus to somebody today. And Lord, Lord, Lord we lift up that little uh, three-year-old baby, Micah, that, that Garner told us about, Father. And we just speak healing and wholeness. And even though there seems to be a turn toward the end, we don't allow to, or give place to that. We speak wholeness and life into his body, total restoration and recovery in Jesus' name. Everyone say, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You have a blessed week. Let's gear it up for Thanksgiving, okay?